I have a confession to make, and it's been boiling up inside me since, Raph, you asked us to do this. Uh, and this might be a pretty decent segue into our topic today. Um, prior, or rather, since the... Uh, I'm Okay, my word choice here is poor. Aside from the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the shitty one where he, like, finds ancient aliens or whatever the hell is going on in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have never seen an Indiana Jones. What? <laughs> yes. Uh, this is the first time that I have seen Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. I have not seen Temple of Doom. I have not seen well, Last They're Wednesday. fucking great. You should watch those, but... I, I, I probably will. That's an amazing admission. I, good on you for yeah. taking that on. And also, unbelievable that I never picked up. I feel like I've made references about this to you over the past decade plus that you have managed to pass off. Well, <laughs> well wait. Let's do. Let's well, do a little no, peek behind no. the. Let's do a peek behind the curtain. So and like let let listeners hit on on part of the joke. You guys have been like best friends for fifteen years, <laughs> and. Yeah, yes. Sean, as long as I've known you, I've always known you to be a Harrison Ford fan, so I assume an Indiana Jones fan. Absolutely. And the fact that you're just now learning we'll, that your best we'll friend has not seen any Indiana Jones movies is we, amazing. I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but something I realized upon rewatching this movie is that the scene in uh, Marion's Bar in Nepal where she's having the drinking contest with the guy, I watched this movie so mm-hmm. young that I fully did not understand what was going on in that scene. Like I did not. I learned the word whiskey from this movie. <laughs> oh shit! So this is like a core part of my uh, movie watching yeah. and loving experience was seeing this at such an early age. I can't fathom that you hadn't seen any of these till now. Yeah, I, I guess. I w- I would it like- makes so much sense because the only one you saw was Kingdom of the Fucking Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah, so I just never. I was like, oh, they're all like this. <laughs> <laughs> that that admission really does yeah. make this whole exercise totally worth it. I'm I I'm like I was thrilled to to have you guys on and to talk about this movie, but. Now knowing that you had never seen it or any of the Indiana Jones, like, I yeah. honestly have not talked to somebody who's doing a fully fresh watch of Raiders of the Lost Ark in so long. So this is fascinating, dude. Yes, uh, somebody who's never seen it and is watching it in 2023. What that is, what that's like. Your text makes yeah. so much more sense now. <laughs> you're like, you're like I text? haven't rewatched it. <laughs> oh, no, you yeah. said. I guess while you were rewatching it, you were like, "This guy's just a professor, and he's kicking the shit out of Nazis with a whip." And you're like, "I was <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. that's the movie. That's yeah. the that's all of Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> and it makes sense that that was you learning it for the first time." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Very, yeah, it was interesting. It's it, it was okay. So what's it, what was interesting about watching this to me, and it makes a lot of sense considering that like. George Lucas uh, was one of the ones who came up with the story. And Lawrence Kasdan uh, wrote the screenplay. And he also wrote Empire Strikes Back. So it was really interesting how they were just like, oh, 
what if we just like make a movie about Han Solo, but he's just a guy on Earth? <laughs> we just um, yeah. and just cast Harrison again. Just Not cast Harrison George again. Lucas's weird like creatures and replace them with. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh. yeah, right. Instead, instead of uh, Jar Jar Binks and Glove Shido, it's the ghost <laughs> of Jews killing Nazis. <laughs> Uh, how bad would this movie have been if George Lucas directed it instead of Spielberg? Yeah, no. You you oh. need look no further. Well, I think Lucas did definitely bring things to the tables in these movies. Having Spielberg at the head of it really kept Lucas's worst impulses in check. And Crystal Skull is the, you know, that you can see it in that movie because in that one, George Lucas was like, I want full creative control. I want to do my Indiana Jones movie. And they were like, okay. And he was like, so what are we going to do? And he was like, fucking like, Okay, George, God damn it. <laughs> uh, well, that's why I was so, I think after we saw the kingdom of the crystal skull in theaters, I said to you, I asked you, I was like, are they, they're all like, I think I said to you, I was like, this is the first one that's had, like, science fiction in it, right? And I think you said well, no. There's, and I was like, there's oh, always an oh. element of the occult or, you know, uh, sure. you know, Temple of Doom, there's definitely some magic and there's some crazy shit. And, uh, right. This has the... It, it was so... I don't want to jump to the end of the movie, but it was so... As someone who hadn't seen it, it was so amazing how it was just like grounded as just like a treasure hunting movie. Uh, and then literally ghosts come <laughs> and start melting I'm particularly people. partial to the fact that I watched on Disney Plus and at the beginning it gives you the content warning and it said, warning, uh, depictions of tobacco use. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's right. This is that's it. This Not is a right. series of the most gruesome deaths ever shown on <laughs> five it's, in this movie that I'm just like, oh god! It's rated PG PG, right? It's just yeah. PG. That is that is they, ridiculous. They the uh, were wild man. with the ratings back in the early '90s or '80s, whenever the fuck this movie came out. Well, when did this? Was this 19? 19- 1981. I think it's early 80s. So this is this 81. is before or after Empire Strikes Back. That's this a is good right question. It's right after. Because yeah. something again, I'm jumping ahead here, but doing a very close watch of this movie, I noticed certain uh, sound effects that had been used in Empire Strikes Back that are used in this movie. Um, just like dudes no, screaming, no, not even henchmen like, falling, or there's. There's stuff from uh, when Han Solo is frozen in carbonite that, like, the sound effects in that room that are reused when the arc is opened and, like, all the generators are, like, overcharging and stuff. There's certain... It's very subtle, and I think only a psychopath would be sitting there like, was that in Empire? (laughs) Yeah, how did you pick up on that? I've watched these so many times, (laughs) man. It's... But uh, but you're totally right because like John Williams hack is like clearly reusing the Han and Leia theme from Empire. Yeah, I I was going to. I think it's time that we call this guy out. He's a 
Massive is head. this John Williams' best score? I, I would personally rank the Indiana Jones and Raiders in particular above Star Wars, which may be a controversial, controversial opinion. But, I mean, in terms of instant recognizability, the Indiana... I think it's Star huh? Wars. I think Star it's Star Wars, Wars definitely is like the more popular one, but I, on my personal rankings, I have this one higher. We had this discussion two weeks ago in a Rocky episode about music cues that are just like fully tied to whatever movie, and you, no matter where you hear it, you instantly have an image of the movie. And for me, it was Star Wars, Jaws, and Gonna Fly Now from Rocky as my top three, but rewatching Raiders, I think this scores right there yeah, at number four and three out of those four, are John yeah. Williams, but he's still ahead. I think, I think, uh, in terms of his work, I think Schindler's list is his most iconic. Most iconic. <laughs> Schindler's list too. Yeah. <laughs> two Schindler, two list. <laughs> um, Having you guys on was well, a bad idea. I, yeah, hundred uh, percent. In all in all sincerity, I, I I don't think you can deny Jaws. We're like in, and we you know? we already dropped a two Schindler two list. <laughs> <That's a tough. laughs> can only go up from here. <laughs> Schindler five, dude. Make it make it a crossover, man. Indiana Jones and the list of Schindler, or some shit. Imagine if Harrison Ford plays Schindler. Oh my god. Um, this this one for- yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> Dude, Hollywood is creatively bankrupt these days. They would honestly someone would go for this. All right, speaking of Hollywood being creatively bankrupt. I think I know we've gotten into the movie a little bit, but I think an interesting place to start <laughs> would be <laughs> let's just talk about uh, your guys' level of interest for the new Indiana Jones because it is releasing in theaters in a few weeks. So it kind of makes sense for us to, you know, be talking about this movie at this time in history, you know, getting ready for the new one. But I personally am so completely out on the new Indiana Jones movie. I have no faith in James Mangold to make anything more than a severely mediocre movie and because you know it's it just seems like it's disney dollars you know going for a cash grab i have i have zero faith so i don't know where you guys uh land on that on that spectrum i i am i would say expectations are probably right along there with you my hope is probably a little higher than yours i'm not I'm not expecting, you know, Raiders or Last Crusade, like any of the original three, anything remotely mm. near the quality of the original three. But it simply can't be worse than Crystal Skull. Like, I was so offended by Crystal Skull. There's, I haven't seen Crystal Skull since its original theater a, run, and I kind of want to revisit. Is it actually, is it still it, that bad? It's really bad. There's a scene in which Shia LaBeouf starts swinging through the jungle with a bunch of bad CGI monkeys, like over a car chase, and it's it's just tough to it's tough to make it through. <laughs> but, um, was that one Spielberg? It was Spielberg, but George yes. Lucas had full creative control. Okay, I think. 
So it was essentially I like I the, uh, the Star Wars prequel I'm trilogy. Speak like I have a lot of authority on things and spread misinformation. That, that's that's fine. fine to do that. Yeah, uh, that's okay. But yeah, so I'm I'm hoping it's at least a little bit better. Like Crystal Skull opened up bad, and like I, I saw a tweet about it recently. Somebody I follow was saying like everybody was so excited. Indiana Jones is back, and as soon as the bad CGI gophers came on the screen and he survived a nuclear <laughs> blast by getting into a refrigerator and getting thrown three miles inside of it and then just like stands up, everybody, like a hush fell on the audience. Everybody was just like, oh God, <laughs> what are we watching? Um, but so I, I just can't fathom it could be that bad again, especially with the reception it got. But you never know. But I also think Harrison Ford cares so much about the character. It's so starkly different than how he approaches Star Wars. <laughs> like, very visibly, I give a fuck about <laughs> Star Wars. He's wanted to die in Star Wars since then. And Empire. he's like fully on board with doing an India. He was like, I'm excited about this. And I was like, oh shit, Harrison's excited about something that's not crashing a plane into a golf course. <laughs> like, nice change of pace. How about you, Mike? Uh, am, am I am I excited about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Uh, no, I have no intention of going to see it. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't care less. Okay, that's uh, but kind agree, of what I expected. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Sean though. I don't think I don't think it's it will be as bad as the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Just um, but you can you can just tell what kind of movie it's going to be because half the shots in the trailer are de-aged Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, maybe don't make the movie then. And I, I do, as a general rule, the whole de-aging thing I'm very out on. But this one ranks pretty low on my list of offensive uh, CGI, like, animated people showing up in movies because Harrison Ford was like involved in it and all in on it. And when people were like discussing this, he's like, I don't know what the fuck you want. That's what I look like. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> like okay. uh, it's much like when they, um, t- is, is there an argument to be made though, that crystal skull or whatever it's called is like so bad that it's good, kind of enjoyable. And I don't, that this I don't one so. is just going to be like Mangold is he's as a director, he's really good at making movies that are fine. And he has like a really high floor, but a really low ceiling. So I feel like this movie is just going to be. Right. I, I think Whereas it doesn't have the potential to be so bad that it turns into like a tongue in cheek. Oh, you like, oh, we actually love this movie. And, you know, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny doesn't get the love that it deserves you know, that corner of the internet popping up in five, ten years. Like, maybe Crystal Skull is better because of, of that and no, how bad it no. is. You know what? I actually, because of this conversation just now, I'm, I actually like Raiders of the Lost Ark less because of this conversation, because I just remembered that Indiana Jones and Marion Ravenwood's son is Shia LaBeouf. Like, I'm going to have to think about I watch <laughs> Raiders. Like, yeah, I forgot. Does he is he coming back in five? No, 
No, no, no, no. Shia is they, Shia's they do the movie ends He's, on uh, a big uh, a big thing where the wind blows a door open and Shia LaBeouf picks up Indiana Jones's hat and starts to put it on and then Harrison Ford like snags her from him and like, oh not today. And that's how the movie ends and it's nobody was happy. Nobody was happy. Maybe five will be great if it opens up with uh, Shia LaBeouf's character's funeral. <laughs> his character's name is Mutt. What's his, Mutt. what's his name? Yeah. If we open up with Mutt's Mutt funeral, I will laugh so hard that I will give the movie five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately in. Okay. Um, yeah. What's up? What you got? No, but but his daughter his daughter is in the movie. The new so one, it's right? Not his his daughter. daughter, it's like his goddaughter or somebody's I don't know. I forget what the That's acting. It's acting. Something. They're not related. Yeah. yeah. You know how that's I mean, I'm not going to see it. I don't care. I don't know why I'm asking. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but but anyways, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you dudes on to talk about this movie is because, like I said, y'all are are good friends and have been friends for a while. You guys went to high school together. You did some acting together in high school. And in my eyes, I don't think I've ever seen any duo uh, execute a stunt punch the way that you two guys have. And Harrison Ford is famously the best punch thrower in the history of movies. Can you guys confirm? And... Can you guys just tell us a little bit about how you both got so good at stunt punching? We did. Can you do a demonstration a for us? Computer. We. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got, yeah, you know, we got really good at stunt punching by practicing, you know, by doing the real thing. Just over and over. A lot of black eyes. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think Harrison is excellent uh, at on-screen combat. Uh, I don't know how much he is these days. He might, you know, pull something or break something. Uh, But he was really good. uh, Like, his fight scene with Ryan, I almost said Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling and Blade Runner. He was, like, in his 70s then, too. And he was, like, he, he was great. He was, like, you know. In terms of Sean and I, how did we get good at stage combat? We had a when we were in high school, we had a, a combat choreographer by the name of David Brimmer, uh, who's done stage combat for tons and tons and tons of shows, uh, and he was just uh, great. And anytime he did stuff for our shows, you know, we picked up on it very quickly. And and yeah, and then you know. It became a, a hobby of ours to do it in front of people. It's a great he party. taught us, us the stuff, and yeah. then immediately we were like, "What's the least responsible way we should we could use this knowledge?" And top of the list was by almost starting bar fights every time. <laughs> we have almost caused like multiple bar fights. <laughs> Like Nepal-style uh, bar shootouts. Yeah, we were in we were in this bar in Manhattan many many years ago, and I looked at Sean and I was like, "Do it!" And then he pretended to headbutt me, 
and I held my nose and our buddy Sean Welsh Brown of Ezrang Podcast was like, oh, what the hell? Oh, my God. And then when he found out it was a joke and you didn't actually headbutt me, he was so mad because he thought legitimately <laughs> that you headbutted me. Yeah, we've, we've gotten a few people that way. But Harrison's great, one man. thing you mentioned his combat in this movie. One of the things I wrote down is the punch noise in this movie, going back to the sound design in this, is one of the most iconic. Mm-hmm. Like when I think of a punch in movies, that's the sound I hear. Like it's very unique in this movie. Or like, yeah. What's his best punch that he throws in this movie? Um, let me see. I'm tempted to say something from. It's it's not even a punch he throws. It's him getting punched. But the fight with the uh, the Nazi, yeah, the Nazi meathead. Like throw, he kicks the guy, and then the guy punches him once in the face, and he his like knees buckle, and then he falls over. Just yeah. such a funny, great action beat. Um, no, I, I absolutely love uh, Harrison Ford's performance in this. If if I had not stated so already, I am a huge fan of this movie. I I told you guys, but I specifically watched this movie on this go around on this rewatch to. Because I could sit here and talk about the things I like about this movie forever. I I think it's fantastic movie. So I watched it with the intention of nitpicking and being an asshole. So I have a whole list. Did you find I anything? Did. I have a whole list of things. Nice. But uh, we try not to nitpick I, too I much on the canon. But that's okay. Uh, we try not to nitpick too much. Is that is that what you yeah that yeah? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Why were you going to say? No, I was going to say, am I going to be the bad guy of this episode? <laughs> well, but I won't be. You have a lot I of won't be. I won't well, be. We'll, we'll get to uh, Yeah, we'll get, but it's, it's not we'll get, necessary. It's not we'll necessary. Get, we, we can get to nitpicks there's at the end. Things, after we speak. There's a couple things in the movie that are like well-known critiques. Like the if you really read into the Marion indie backstory, how like gross and yeah and how that it's like yeah on a casual watch through that's not something you think about or pick up but when you read into Mm -hmm. that that totally changes the context of the scene where he's teaching uh and all the girls in the class she has like the love you written on her eyes like that scene is totally different when you (laughs) when you have that added context i do feel like one of those girls though oh yeah oh 100 percent. if i were in that class i would I would write love you on my eyelids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Raiders, uh, Raiders, of the lost Ark, Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford is probably it's, I, I don't know. It's definitely the top of my list of most attractive a dude has ever been. Yeah. He's what's number, what's I number two. I got to go through the rankings again, but it's an easy number one. I, I battle a lot with um, Hell or High Water. Chris Pine works its way up the rankings quite a ways. Uh, Interesting. Hottest a dude's ever been. Yeah. Hmm. I think, it's, I think it's Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford. That's easily. How Hugh, cool is his? Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Jackman. In the speaking of James James Mangold doing Dial of Destiny, 
the Wolverine, not a great movie, oh, but was, Hugh is absolutely I, I, yeah. torqued. The, the one specific scene, too. The, uh, the fight. Yes. Name. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. Guys being uh, dudes. But yes. Talking about hot dudes. Ford, Ford is, is a hunk in this. He's far hunkier in this than he is in Star Wars. I that's fully sure. agree. Fully agree. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. I very much so agree. I was going to say, I feel like his hunkiness, it, it just jumps out at you from the first moment that he's on well, screen. And it's the best character introduction. The first 30 minutes of this movie are some of the best character and world building yeah. that I think I could point to. Like the, the whole lead up to the whip and him turning around and stepping into the light. Um, that's mm-hmm. perfect. It's badass. It's uh, tells you everything you need to know about the character without saying like more than two lines of dialogue. It's very impressive. Yeah, he says like nothing at all. It's also awesome how he steps out of the shadows. Like the first time we we actually yeah. see his face, you just see like the silhouette of his hat, and then he steps out into the light. And you're like, oh <gasps> my goodness! Yeah, Rock. What did you think of of that opening sort of character intro? As someone who's never was, seen Raiders of the Lost Ark before. As someone who's never seen Raiders of the Lost Ark before, I couldn't believe that Alfred Molina was playing oh, Spaniard. Well, there's a lot of... Uh, that's another critique of this movie. It's a well-known one, too, that um, John Reese davies playing an Egyptian man is... <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to ask, is he supposed to be Egyptian, or is he just a white oh, guy? Yeah, I, I think Egypt? canonically, Salah is definitely an Egyptian character. Yeah. Oh, is it, I forgot his name was Silo. Okay. And ironically, yeah. that's one of the things I'm cringing the most about with Dial of Destiny because he comes back in Dial of Destiny, and I was like, "Are we all just yes. kind of agreeing that he's grandfathered in? Like, what? <laughs> How does this work?" <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. It's yeah. from the '80s. It's brown face from the '80s. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, Molina is also a top. He also sells yeah. that opening sequence so well like Indy's like climbing up to the golden idol and Molina's sitting in the background like it's <laughs> just some great reactions from him um, but I couldn't what was funny about that opening sequence was that you know there's so many iconic moments like you know when you're when you're scrolling through Instagram it's like you know you, you see you see Indy rubbing his rubbing his chin and like, you know, there's like a bag of Doritos there or whatever. And it's like, Oh, okay. Like this is where the meme comes from. Uh, or like the big boulder, um, or the snakes at the end or whatnot. So like, I couldn't believe how many iconic little moments from Indiana Jones are just in the first movie, mm-hmm. kind of the first sequence as well, uh, with the, the golden idol and the, uh, the, the traps and the, the big boulder. But what was so, but I agree. I think that's much akin to, say, uh, Jack Sparrow arriving at Port Royal and how the characterization without any dialogue is so clear right off the rip with him sh- uh, sailing a sinking ship uh, and proud of it too. So too is, is uh, our first introduction to, to, to Indy. Uh, you know, with his badassery and his whip and his 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 wonderful pecs and, and biceps and lats, and 
I, I what also was startling to me about the, the beginning of the film was knowing that it was rated PG. I could not like when Molina dies. I couldn't believe it how, how like gruesome it was. I mean, like obviously it's like you know puppetry and like animatronics, but it was so <laughs> disgusting. I was like, this gruesome is not for children. I watched this at the age of like five. <laughs> We're responsible. Yeah. yeah, this is a brutal movie. Uh, uh, sort of jumping ahead, I have uh, in my notes that Indiana Jones shoots like five dudes in the head, like he's kind of a savage. Yeah. Not only is he a professor who goes off and hunts treasures but he's killed many 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 people and then he just casually goes back to to work well, on that's Monday. kind of i i include that in the introduction to the character because i absolutely love that we go from this crazy south american adventure in the temples he's running from the i forget the name of the tribe but that Melon sends after him yeah. he flies away in the biplane big adventure and then we cut directly to him lecturing there's some weird vibes with the girls in his class that works upon review. But then he has the scene where the two guys from army intelligence come and they ask him about the art. And that's mm. when you get to see professor Jones. That's when like him teach He gets the blackboard and immediately is like, is like lecturing and like teaching a class to these army intelligence guys. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got the blackboard out and like the one guy is like raising his hand and like, it's, it's great fucking uh like you get two very different sides to this character and you between those two by the time we get to marcus brody telling him coming over to his house and telling him yeah the government wants to go after the ark and he's packing his bags and everything at that point we fully know this character we know the good and bad we know the ups and downs of them like and not much time has passed without a ton of exposition or awful, you know, background dialogue and everything. Like, they do such a great job of introducing the character, cutting right to the action adventure. That's the other thing, the, the other note I had. There are so many big, iconic action beats in this movie. And, like, the... The juxtaposition of how little dialogue there is sometimes in the movie. We have a scene where there's just like people say five words to each other and then it's just immediately it's a bananas action beat. But it yeah. works because they've built the characters and the world so well. But before we get to some of those action sequences, which version of Indiana Jones do you guys find sexier? South America treasure hunt or in the classroom? South America treasure hunt. Although I'd also say uh, Ripped Shirt uh, Temple of Doom is probably the top of the <laughs> we're, we're getting down to it here. <laughs> Rocco? There's, there's, a, there's a place in my heart for both. I think it depends on the, on the kind of day you're having. I'm partial to Professor, Professor uh, Jones. I think he's real sexy. When he's teaching those two I, army guys, I was uh, I was like squirming around. Oh, on I couch. changed my answer to him in the bathrobe when Marcus Brody comes over to tell him to go after the Ark. That's. <laughs> <laughs> does he have the perfect amount of scruff in this movie? Is is that what nobody does it? has ever had better scruff? I will say that I will. <laughs> I will die on that. No problem. <laughs> 
on screen or off screen. This is the best yeah, scruff. Hundred yeah. percent. It's not too. Yeah, it looks clean, but it doesn't look manicured. It's yeah, it's, it's amazing. Effortless, effortless scruff. Yeah. Lucky bastard. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's 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 talk about some of the action sequences. There are. I feel like especially the second half of the movie, it's just like action beat after action beat after right. action beat. I guess we can. The easy question is, what's the best one? What What are your favorites? I think I think that's just the easiest route to go. Um, Rocco, as someone who hasn't seen Indiana Jones before, um, I liked the plane fight. Yeah, I I love the plane. I think that, especially for a movie that is thirty or no forty two years old, Jesus. It's like it was surprisingly intricate for mm-hmm. a movie that came out in the eighties, but this is also true of the uh, the the car, the big I, car I chase too. Or mm-hmm. uh, and- yeah, but it's like they're very clearly well, they're very clearly both thought out. Like the pacing of the two the fight action sequences are are, are very very good. There's a lot happening um, in both of them, um, and I just you know. I, I think just, I don't know whose idea it was. It couldn't have been George Lucas. Uh, to to be like, we're going to have a, a plane spinning around on a runway and the whole fight is going to take place uh, on and around the plane. Uh, it's such a simple idea, but it's like so effective. Um, hey, especially uh, 42 years ago. Oh, right. Well, the, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I turned. I turned to Kelsey while I was as soon as as she, the guy got knocked forward and the plane turned on. I turned to her. I was like, "Somebody's about to get hit by that propeller." <laughs> that is one of the uh, most gruesome yeah, movie wow. deaths I've ever seen. It gets me every time. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I turned to her. I was like, "How?" Th- I was like, "This is PG." That was that was a moment. It's like at the beginning, I was like, "Oh, they can get away with some stuff." I was like, "Oh, Star mm-hmm. Wars," you know. Is they cut the they, hand off or whatever. The bar but fight when, in Nepal. There's a couple guys who get like shot in the head. It's like, yeah, oh. yeah, like yeah. Right Indy in the shoots face. shoots a guy right in the dome yeah. piece and like brain splatter everywhere never, while he's burning alive. Which is one it's, of my nitpicks. He's got a sniper and he's just <laughs> blasting that whole. He's fighting like three guys with machine guns with a six shooter and somehow holding his own. <laughs> that's dude. That's yeah. Indy. That's wow. Indy. That that shootout is also wonderful. But Sean, what what's your go to action sequence? In, I in this would. One? I wrote all of them down. Actually, that's in my notes because I was trying to track how quickly you jump from one into the next. And like, usually it's mm-hmm. interspersed with like a little bit of dialogue or you know just getting us from point A to point B. But every once in a while, they mix in like archaeology and like treasure and puzzles in the middle. But I think of all of them, I'm very partial to the bar fight, and I'm very partial to the truck chase. Those two are just fucking classic. I think I'm team uh, car chase. Yeah. And I think that's his best punch. When he punches the, when he gets back into the car, and then punches the the dude, and then, yeah, and then throws him out front. Also, that stunt of Indy underneath the car. And then he like goes to the back and that stunt dude was like, needs to be paid five like, times, whatever, whatever. He that, got that was that. the best stunt in the whole movie. 
Another one of my my gripes is that since I watched this at the tender age of five, uh, this movie gave me a completely unrealistic idea of how whips work. Automatic (laughs) grappling hook. (laughs) Yeah. Because how it's treated in this movie, but... That's true for people of most ages. I probably saw this for the first time when I was like 14, and I also was like, oh, that's how... I have a rope. I can cross any gap. Yeah. I feel like the whip doesn't actually get that much play in this one. I feel like it gets more play in Temple of Doom. Yeah, that's probably true. No, I... He uses a gun a lot. Well, the, the classic story is that scene in which, in the Cairo uh, market fight, where the crowd parts and there's the dude dressed all in black with the big sword and he flips it around and all that and Indy just shoots him, which is classic, iconic for his character. It's like one of the most memorable parts of this movie. The whole reason they did it that way, they actually had a whole elaborate fight choreographed and all this shit. But I think Harrison Ford was like, really he had like some sort of stomach flu and was like him sweating through all the clothes was actually just him being like deathly ill while they were filming the (laughs) Cairo scenes and so hot though they were like talking about like how are we gonna do it and I think Harrison Ford said what if I just fucking shoot him (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing but classic that chase scene is also pretty good, but that eh, it, it's not as good as, well, as some of the other One thing ones. that that chase scene, the whole Cairo scenes have that I think needs to be talked about is the Nazi monkey, because that is the funniest goddamn thing. The oh, monkey yeah. does a Nazi <laughs> and it is yeah. played totally straight and it is the funniest that like the monkey does a Nazi salute and then the, the Nazis in suits are like, all right, I guess he's in. I've never caught that. I I was so bewildered by that. So insane. That monkey, upon rewatch, is one of the most insidious characters in the entire. He's a Nazi (laughs) the whole time. He is a Nazi monkey. And then Marion dies, and Indy's sitting with the bottle of whiskey, and he's depressed. And the monkey is sitting there, like pretending to cry. Amazing character, the Nazi monkey, and the Nazi monkeys, the bad, the yeah, bad yeah, yeah. dates. Yeah, That's right. this movie ruined dates for me for a while. Like I've, I've never really enjoyed dates the way that I should because I always assume that they're poisoned, and I don't want to end up like the Nazi monkey. That guy with an eye patch is just going to creep into the room and pour a vial of very <laughs> ambiguous liquid over the dates and. Yeah, I feel like he's done that to every bag of dates or bowl of dates that's ever existed in the world. It's a very irrational irrational fear. I don't think I like dates very much. So so that guy wouldn't be able to kill me. Fair enough. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Dude, I did not catch that the monkey was just a Nazi The whole time. The whole time. The monkey is infiltrating... Because the monkey first shows up when they show up on Sala's roof and Sala's wife is like time around and she's mm-hmm. like, what is this animal? And like all the kids are playing with it. The monkey is infiltrating yeah. Sala's house as a Nazi to spy on Indiana Jones. And also it's kind of implied that all the, <laughs> both the Egyptian henchmen and the Nazis understand the monkey somehow. <laughs> They're all like running down an alleyway, and the monkey is, starts yelling at them for for them to come back because Marion's in the basket. And then they all like, as soon as the monkey yeah. Start, yeah. starts yelling, they're all like, "Wait, wait, wait!" 
we, we got to listen to the monkey. Monkey's got yeah, something to say. That's, that's right. The monkey gives up Marion and the entire group of they Nazi soldiers, stop. even though they're like, they all stop. They hear the monkey and they they're like, whoa, hold on. When they hear that monkey. <laughs> <laughs> monkey, did you say something? Monkey, what'd you say? The monkey could have been like your second in command in the canon of this movie. Like, (laughs) the way they defer. Yeah. It was a smart, smart monkey. The monkey has to be smart enough to understand that she's who they're. The monkey has to be smart enough to pretend to be upset after Marion's death when he's hanging out with Harrison Ford. Or to know to be like, to pretend to be charming when it's first infiltrating Solid. Nazi monkey is one of the. Great underrated characters of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I would just say movie history, like any movie ever. <laughs> More movies need Nazi monkeys. This was a simpler time in film where everybody everybody could get on board. They were like, okay, Nazi monkey, bad guy, cool, lock in. Makes sense. If George Lucas directed this, there would be many scenes where the monkey is actually having full conversations with some of I mean, the other be Nazis. Disputing trade taxation in. <laughs> Outlier. Yeah. With giant fish people. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. George Lucas, great idea guy, but he really needs someone else to just reel him in. Yeah, I I don't know what the formula is with him, because there's still gold in that brain, but you just never know what you're gonna get. Yeah. You just need someone else to to keep him in. Um mind. speaking of the Cairo chase sequence, afterwards Indy's upset, he's sitting there and the two Nazis in suits come up and tell him somebody at the bar would like to see you. And he comes in and it's Belloc sitting there and Indy's upset after Marion's death. He's sitting there and Belloc gives him the whole, uh, we're not so different speech. And I was thinking, is this the mm-hmm. earliest use in a movie of the you and I aren't so different trope for the antagonist and the protagonist? Maybe. I'm sure there's an earlier one, be. but this has got to be one of the most iconic like yeah like we're two sides of the right. same coin right it wouldn't deal. take too much of a push for you to be just like me as belloc's whole yeah but they're really not that much alike because belloc yeah goes up with nazis i i found that scene very strange because i did it's funny you bring that up sean because i did think i was like when that scene happened i was like hmm i wonder what other movies use this trope before that. But then like you're saying, Raph, he says that like, there's a whole scene about that. And I was like, you're not, you two aren't alike at all. I think it's kind of implied that Indy has done some sort of unsavory shit to like, he does what he needs to do to get the artifact. And like, he murders a lot of fucking guys. Now they happen to be Nazis. So like, good on him for it. Yeah. So, but like, he is not, or friends. Yeah, of Nazis. he's not this pristine giant. He's a gritty character with a dark mm-hmm. streak, and so, like, like you said, they're not all that much alike. Because Belloc is, you know, Nazi sympathizer, a French Nazi sympathizer. It's also a very funny, <laughs> uh, funny choice to have Belloc be French. That yeah. A French Nazi sympathizer who's really just a British guy. He's really right. just a fancy right, Brit. Right. It's great that he always says, like, he always mentions, like, being civilized. He's like, even in a place like this, we can still be civilized. It's just 
the most like heinously racist <laughs> stuff. Casual racism gets tossed around a, a yeah. little bit in this movie. Um, Rock, did you know that Belloc is the same dude who played Ivan Ooze in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie? Fucker, I didn't know that, and that just blew my mind. <laughs> I do. I do now. Now that's the movie I've seen. As soon as you said that, I was like, <laughs> "Wow, Sean, no, you didn't know I that." I, I probably heard that at some point, but it just blocked out of my memory. But it's too bizarre to to actually yeah. believe. That's what happened to him after his head exploded. He came back as yeah, as <laughs> Ivan Ooze, <laughs> two of the best movie villains of all time. That's what happened when they opened up the ark. They didn't get killed. They just got sucked into the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers universe. Yeah, they were all turned into ooze. And all the other Nazis, they're just those like big flying raven things that Ivan Ooze unleashes on the Power Rangers. <laughs> all right. Speaking of Nazi sympathizers, I, I was having trouble with this. The Egyptians and the... What do you call someone from Nepal? Nepalians? Nepalese. Nepalese. The, the Egyptians and the Nepalese who Indy is fighting, are they like, were they all just also cozying up with the Nazis or were they just... Well, I think it's implied... People who also hated In the Indy. canon of uh, the Indiana Jones universe, I think all of this goes down prior to World War II. So... Yeah, this takes place so in the while 36. the Nazis, a lot of the world saw them as distasteful, they don't like the Nazis... The Nazi, you don't have the same visceral reaction to the word Nazi in that day and age. There were plenty of people walking around who were, you know, they were like, well, maybe they're they're onto something over there because uh, Germany's technological advancement. Like, <laughs> you're ab- you're absolutely right, but I'm, I'm gonna, laughing. I'm going to clip that and take my, it out of context. My stupid brain thought you meant in 19. 19- 81 when the movie was named. That's when people were walking around. <laughs> More likely in 2023 that there are people walking around than in 1981. Yeah, real, real shame how we've gone full circle on that. But uh, yeah. no, uh, in the setting, like a lot of people didn't like the Nazis, but they also were well financed, paid very well. So it was very easy for them to hire henchmen. And I think that's what you get in mm-hmm. the Cairo fight scene they're just like sort of hired guns and same thing in the mm-hmm. bar fight in nepal it was my, so the good 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 i was just gonna say my my one nitpick about this movie is the fact that the american army knew to not let the nazis get the ark of the covenant but also decided to wait so long to get involved in the war <laughs> like they knew in 36 that they were bad okay. enough news that like we, they shouldn't get the Ark of the Covenant, the of the and then they're like, "Yeah, they're like we can't let him get that." And they're like, "Well, he's waging war against all of Europe, and he's like genociding an entire group of people." Like, eh, well, let's wait it out. We What's knew he was bad. I but- went on, I went on Letterbox after I finished watching it, and I saw your review, and it's a one-line review with that critique. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the one thing that stands uh-huh. out to me. It's something weird. that stands out stood out to me on this rewatch that really it's gonna irk me i know it's stupid this is the most inconsequential thing in the world but there's the whole plot point where uh the nazis go to the map room at tanis first and they 
are able to recreate the headpiece to the staff of Ra because it's burned into the one Nazi's hand. They have the markings, mm. they recreate the headpiece, they go, and then Indy and Sala take the headpiece to the old guy, and he said he reads the inscription and it says, I forget what the unit of measure is, but it's the staff is supposed to be two whatever the unit is long. And then he flips it and he says, but take back one of these things to honor the Hebrew God whose Ark this is. And when he says two of these things long, Indy says that's about 72 inches. Now, if you take back one of those two units of measure, that's like a 30 inch long staff. <laughs> it's, it's like waist high. <laughs> the staff that oh, he's holding. Shit. Harrison Ford is six foot one and the staff is taller than he is. It's taller than 72 inches to begin with. So it, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't think of well, Lawrence Kasdan. They weren't wasn't. expecting me to be sitting <laughs> there not. watching this like 40 years later. Like, Hold on a second. This math. The math doesn't <laughs> check out. Uh, but yeah, I, I noticed that. And that, that was very annoying. It takes away from it really the movie. Does. It really does. Yeah. My other, my other yeah, nitpick was uh, <laughs> it's never it's never fully um, they get on the boat with after the truck the ark is loaded onto the boat Captain Katenga I think his name is and German mm-hmm. U boat comes up they take Marion they take the ark back and there's that big uh, musical beat where it's like he's there da 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 and he's like climbing onto the U boat mm-hmm. Indy salutes the pirates. I know what you're. I know what you're going to say. Did they not? Why? Why did it travel all that distance and it didn't go under (laughs) once? (laughs) I said that out loud while I was watching it. If they literally, there's an overlay of a map on the screen to chart their journey, and it's like thousands of miles. You're and it cuts to the Nazi submarine (laughs) on the island, and Harrison Ford's like all wet. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be sweat or if it's implied that he was just like hanging on to the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't think that's, that's certainly not an original critique. People have said that about Raiders before, but uh, <laughs> it is always very funny. Uh, and then you get that nice cut of him. The Nazi guard is like reprimanding him for his appearance because he was trying to put on the jacket that's too small for yeah. him. And he's like, combing his hair before kicking the shit out of the guy and taking his hat. (laughs) He kicks a lot of Nazis in the nuts. The balance between action and comedy in this movie is unbelievable. It's done like so per every fight scene. You're like on the edge of your seat and then they'll throw in just like a a play to the camera like just for laughs type of thing. Uh, I I audibly laughed out loud when the bar fight was happening and the keg of whiskey got blown up and it was shooting some whiskey out and Marion just like opens her mouth to get a big glug of whiskey before she runs behind the bar. I was like, yeah, yeah, I do the same, Marion. Indeed just clocks the dude with a bottle of Johnny Black. Yeah. It is amazing that that bottle hasn't changed at all in all yeah. these years. At all. At all. It's great. They have Johnny Black in, uh, oh, yeah. in, in the Paul. Of course. Rock, I feel like you were going to say something before, and I cut you off with my nitpick about the, um, the U.S. government. What What were we talking about prior? Uh, to that? It, it was a lot of Nazi talk. 
<laughs> Thoughts on Nazis? Yeah, well, no. I'm sure I had something I, to say. <laughs> I have a I have a critique that I came around on, and I actually think works. I talked myself into it. Let's hear it. For the longest time, ever since I was a kid, it's always kind of bothered me what fucking accent Marion has, because there's certain lines she delivers oh, that like yeah. have an accent, and it's like. What, what was that supposed to be? And others, it's just like totally normal. She's American. And I was like, I, I don't understand what she's going for here. But I, I talked myself into it because in the canon, Marion Ravenwood, Abner Ravenwood was obsessed with the city of Tannis. He was going all over the world collecting Tannis, uh, Tannis artifacts. And so since the age of 15, Marion has been traveling around the world to Nepal, to Egypt, to Europe. So her, it does kind of make sense that her accent would be a fucking catastrophe by the events of Raiders. Um, so I talked myself into that one, but I do think it's just like the actress had some weird line reads <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's funny you bring that up because this, this, this is something I was going to ask that maybe you two know more about uh, the trivia of this film than I do. Uh, was she ad-libbing in a lot of her scenes? Because it sort of it sort of seemed to me like she was. Why did uh, you say this? There was a certain... How do I explain it? There was a very frantic sort of unfocused nature to the dialogue that was coming out of her mouth compared to the dialogue of the other characters. And it felt like to me this was an actress who was told by the director and the and the writer this is something something's happening here. Uh, respond to it like this. There was like a scene where where Indy decides he says to her, "I can't help you escape right now because then we'll know we're here and they'll be you know on us or whatever." And he puts the gag back in her mouth, and as he's leaving, she just keeps screaming, "Indiana, Indiana Jones!" And the the scene ends with her screaming, "Indiana, what's I the did. matter?" <laughs> And I was that. like, that's, I was like, that's really, I was like, that's really weird. <laughs> really weird. Thing yeah, it gets that. lost in the fact that she has the, the like rag in her mouth. Like you don't fully hear it, but if you're listening to what she's saying, it's like, that makes no sense. Yeah. It made no sense. <laughs> what's the matter? Like, Indiana, what's the matter? It's like, what? He just explained to you that. He'll <laughs> be back. What's the matter for you? Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I noticed that. <laughs> See that those are the things that stand out to me. You know the units of measurement you catch <laughs> when somebody says something. I'm like, mm, human beings don't Checking talk like that. calculations. I was like, mm, I don't think so. And I'm worried about the <laughs> historical accuracies about the U.S. government. Right. And the Nazi the Nazi monkey is more believable to me than Marion saying Indiana was a matter. <laughs> Nazi monkeys were a thing. They were fully a thing. You, you can read that in any history book. That's just, that's a fact. <laughs> Even history books that aren't about Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> a foreword. <laughs> By the way, Nazi monkeys, were a totally a thing. They existed. Yeah. Are Nazis the easiest movie villain? They definitely yes. used to be. <laughs> Unfortunately. <Yeah. laughs> like, like, it was such easy. It was like, 
who are the bad guys? It's the Nazis. Everybody was like, perfect. Everybody hates them. Yeah. Nobody's going to say, how the fuck did we come full <laughs> People. Yeah. It like everybody knows that they're bad. And we also, we like, we already beat them. So we know that we're not going to lose. Somehow, like you're never going to watch a movie about Nazis where the Nazis Somehow, win. unless I you watch hope. Man of the Castle or whatever that, uh, uh, yeah, that TV show. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to me that somebody like there's people in this country who watch Raiders of the Lost Ark and are just like, <laughs> like, oh, evil Indiana Jones, yeah, the good old boys, the Nazis. I didn't realize until this viewing how poetic it is that all these Nazis are getting absolutely eaten at the end by ghosts of like jewish ancestors yeah it's pretty it's pretty wonderful it's kind of like inglorious bastards before inglorious bastards like this great jewish revenge making their heads explode violent the guy the nazi i forget what his rank is but uh the guy black hat arnold uh whose face melts yeah he's such a I, I haven't looked him up to see what else he's been in, but I can't imagine him playing any other character because he is so iconic. Yeah, just a despicable Nazi. Yeah, so iconic as the terrifying Nazi torture guy. He's freaking horrified. And then when he when he comes back I, after you think he died in the oh, fire, yeah. I like I like when he walks into the tent and he's like pulling this like horrible looking thing out of his bag. It's just a classic. <laughs> He he yeah. is an iconic midline chuckler. Like all his life. <laughs> we talk about. <laughs> it's just a brilliant performance by that guy. Credit to him. Unless he's an actual Nazi, then fuck off. Kudos to him. We I feel like we didn't Steel talk about casting. What? Huh? I was gonna say is is this you saying unless he's an actual Nazi, Spielberg in the casting office is like, we need someone really believable. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you got? <laughs> Bring me the worst people imaginable. <laughs> uh, Belloc, Raph. You're talking about Belloc. Yeah, I was talking about Belloc. I feel like we didn't give him enough love. I feel like he's a wonderfully awful antagonist. He's tremendous. And he is the perfect, he does his whole speech, the we're not so different, I'm a dark reflection of you at Indiana Jones. But they they even do it down to the costume. Indiana Jones has, his classic look is the rugged brown leather jacket, the hat, the scruff, whereas Belloc is a lot more manicured he has like sort of the linen suits and a fedora at all times and mm. it is sort of like the perfect mirror image uh, of indy and yeah it, it works very well he has some great line deliveries as well in this movie i was i was expecting i wasn't expecting his not to jump to the end of the film but i wasn't expecting his um what happens to him to be the same as as the rest of the Nazi crew. I thought I thought one of two things were going to happen, neither of which did. I thought that the Nazis were going to eliminate him, hmm. uh, or I thought that he was going to, at some point, recognize who he was, you know, working with and try to do one last good deed before. I don't think 
he died. Uh, so it was actually, yeah, right. So that, that was actually kind of refreshing to be like, oh, you know, he's just a bad guy. <laughs> just a scumbag. Um, yeah. One of the things I think that plays really well in this movie is from both Harrison Ford and Belloc is both of their reverence for archaeology. They really play that up. Um, like when Harrison Ford is talking about the pieces and like when he's telling Marcus Brody about the pieces, when he's dealing with the golden idol and all the, and like the art, he really treats it with like, that's the one time we see Indiana Jones. Like he poo poos Marcus Brody and Sala saying, uh, you know, this is the Ark of the Covenant. This is like nothing. There's power. There's mystery behind this. And he's like, I don't believe in superstition and any of that shit. But then in all of the uh, in all of the scenes where he's doing archaeology and finding these priceless treasures, that sense of wonder and awe really plays through. And Belloc has it for a moment as well in the scene in the bar where he's saying, like, Jones, don't you realize what the Ark is? It's a radio for talking to God. And their motivations are different, but the, the awe and reverence they have for archaeology i think works it helps really sell the the stakes of the movie well you can say and it's it's reflected as well in the uh in belloc calling his bluff with the rpg (laughs) 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 it was so funny he's just i was really expecting him to fire that off just at the group of nazis (laughs) a small detail in that scene that i absolutely love is that the uh the round glasses black trench coat Nazi, whose name I don't know. All the guys are like pointing their Arnold. machine guns. Everybody's like backing up. They're scared. He's got the RPG. And that guy, if you watch, he just goes and sits down on a rock and just doesn't pay anything. <laughs> nothing. He's just like, ah, here we go again. Fucking. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that guy is ridiculous. I would love a spinoff movie of just that guy and the Nazi monkey if, just bopping around. If Indiana world. Jones had been made today, what spinoffs from Raiders would we have gotten? Well, that one oh, I just mentioned. There, there would be a Disney Plus show about Sala. I think we would also get a Captain Katanga. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Captain Kat- Captain Katanga. But it would be a cartoon show directed by Filoni. Yeah, what if Captain Katanga? <laughs> We get a prequel with Abner Ravenwood. Yeah. What if Indiana Jones was Adolf Hitler? What if the Ark makes it back to Berlin and Indiana Jones goes face to face with with Hitler? You would get an entire series of movies about short round doing God knows what. (laughs) There were some awful things on the internet last year when uh, Keihei Kwan was having his comeback after everything everywhere. And people were like, finally, now we can get a... A Indiana Jones spinoff movie about grown up short round. It's like, don't you guys oh understand god. that this is like the reason why he yeah, left? Yeah, we don't. Acting? We don't need to. No. Oh my god. Hey, dude, remember this really traumatic experience? Why don't I'm, you make another movie about it? I'm curious if he's going to show up as a cameo in Dial of Destiny. That would. I doubt it. I if he was offered it, I hope yeah. he would say no. Uh, because it was it was I think it was filmed Harrison before, Ford too. and if Harrison Ford was like. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I think it was all filmed before he was like, before he had his, uh, his big run last year. Like Talk about a comeback, where, man. He comes, yeah. he comes back, he just wins the fucking Oscar. Must be nice, huh? 
That's insane. When do we get? He was great in that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to you have to be somewhere first in order to come back. To- <laughs> <laughs> We're coming back from nothing. <laughs> yeah. We're coming back from nowhere. Um, do you have any other thoughts as it- a first time viewer? I still can't well, believe I was this. Gonna like, ask, we can't stress this enough. Yeah, I was going to ask: Is this can like for Indiana Jones fans, Raiders mm-hmm. of the Lost Ark is considered the best uh, I, Jones film? Is that yeah, I've met people that right? who have argued for all three of the originals. I I could see an argument mm-hmm. for any of them. And yeah, personally, I'm a I'm a Last Crusade I, guy, but I do I, I love, love Raiders. Last Crusade. It, Last Crusade has times where it gets a lot sillier than Raiders. I think they really mm-hmm. upped the comedy in that one while still having, you know, tremendous action beats and all that. But the the play between Sean Connery and Harrison Ford is tremendous. Really, really tremendous. And they yeah. were only like 10 years apart in age. And play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sean Connery was like, he was like 42 in that movie. <laughs> They also really, it looks like a six. They also really man. change Marcus Brody's character for that movie and make him like in this movie, Marcus Brody is just like a guy that Indy sells his relics yeah. to, and in that one, he's like a bumbling idiot and <laughs> <laughs> one of the best oh, cuts of oh, all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, he yeah. knows every local custom. Fluent in twelve. I've never been that high on uh, on Temple of Doom, though. Yeah, Temple of Doom. It's definitely for me. That's my least favorite of the original three. I still mm-hmm. very much like it, but it's mm-hmm. does it suffer from trilogy itis? No, because no, Temple of Doom was the second one, and Temple oh, of Doom is oh, technically a prequel to Raiders: of The Lost Ark. Um, mm-hmm. And there are no Nazis, which I feel like is the biggest uh, right, down right, point right. For it. It's uh, it's set in India, right? Yeah. No one wants to see Indiana Jones, you know, beating up a bunch of Indian Yeah, guys. no matter how bad they may be. But then they really get back to their yeah. last crusade and now, uh, a lot more Nazis, a lot more uh, Nazis yeah. getting their asses kicked. A lot of fun. Indiana yeah. Jones. That's where Who are the antagonists in uh, Temple of Doom? No. Nazi Indians? No, just they... Indians. Well, they're like not just more, Indians. Uh, they're like a cult. Just your friend Raj. They remove people's beating hearts from their chests, and they don't die. They lower them into oh, lava. And the heart lights on fire. It's a whole thing. But yeah, they eat monkey brains oh, and wow. stuff. Oh, is yeah, that, that's yeah, Kali. Yeah, exactly. That's where. Uh, so, Rock, you were you were talking a lot about how crazy it is that this movie is PG. Apparently. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is when we first got the PG-13 rating because that movie does kind of up the gruesome levels with the beating heart and stuff. And yeah, finally, Hollywood was like, okay, we need something in between PG and R because we can't have kids going to see. Was it was it really one of the first movies rated PG-13? I think it's like the reason why we have PG-13. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Like Indiana, or I guess I keep calling it Indiana Jones, but Raiders of the Lost Ark should be PG thirteen. Oh yeah, that's right. It's like the Star Wars thing. Like they made this first movie, and it was just called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, and then it became a series, and then they like tacked on Indiana Jones. To yeah, the, to the front of it. Uh, I will say, um, 
having watched it, I do want to watch Temple of Doom and Last Crusade now. You should. You should I will. Do Should well, we do a watch later? I think. Oh, hell yeah. Disney Plus group watch. <laughs> oh, shit. Let's do it. I was going to say, in order uh, to get you off this podcast and in a position where you can watch the movies, I think we can start winding things down, unless you guys have any other notes or thoughts on the movie before we get into uh, our recommendations. No, I think... Uh, I just I just want to say, uh, as someone who's never seen it, watched it and experienced it from beginning to end for the first time. It's a little insincere to say I've never seen it. I've like, I've seen some parts of it over 31 years, but I've never, yeah, I've never watched the movie. So watching it from beginning to end in the year 2023, uh, you know, nitpicks aside, I did enjoy it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I think that movies like, you know, the mummy and national treasure wouldn't exist if this movie was never made. And really anything in that realm. And I, I, you know, I think it's a lot of fun. I think the knowing that this was made in the early 80s, the set pieces uh, and and just in general action. uh, I just think it's a really solid flick knowing what they had to work with at the time. So if a movie is 42 years old and it's still entertaining, I think that's quite a testament to its quality. So I think it's a really solid flick. Nice. Nate, what did yeah, you think? There's thunder here. He's a little afraid of the rain. So, oh no! <laughs> Somebody over New York the Poor Nate dog. He's not happy about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you if you told me that I had a bingo card, I would not put ghost of ancient Jewish people as the Deus Ex Machina <laughs> for the end of this. Uh, we didn't talk about how Indiana Jones knows to close your close your eyes. Yeah. Well, it, that was interesting. Is he afraid no, of ghosts? No, I think it comes with the his knowledge of like religion and archaeology and that you're supposed to avert your eyes in the presence of the almighty and the holy. Like I think he just yeah. gets the sense he's like don't look whatever's coming out of there it can't be good. Look. Uh yeah. like that that's the big separation between Belloc and Indy is that Indy understands the mythos behind some of these artifacts and Belloc is kind of blinded by his own greed and ambition. So one of the common critiques of this movie is that had Indiana Jones not been in, let's say Indy doesn't get sent after the Ark. It still ends up. Oh, I know where you're going. They would still have taken the Ark directly to that place opened it, all been murdered, and the Ark would have just been sitting there. So, like, really, he doesn't impact the overall trajectory of the Ark that much. He'll, they yeah. all die, and he just takes it and gives it to the army intelligence. I, I, he kind I of quite, messed up. He, I was should actually... have, he should have sent it to Berlin for the Fuhrer to open it. <laughs> I was thinking that, too. Um, I actually quite liked that, like, my expectations were subverted quite a bit in that, like, the finale of the film is not like him kicking their ass. It's them being undone by their own, like you're saying, ambition and hubris. And he's just a bystander for it. So I thought I re- that was a nice little, I agree. I uh, respond to that critique with fuck you. Uh, India's are like eyes into the story. He's the one we're on the adventure with. And it doesn't matter that he doesn't necessarily <laughs> influence the trajectory of, 
We yeah. learn early yeah. on that this dude is just famous for finding things and then immediately having them get jacked from him. So sort of his <laughs> deal. So Rocco, I'm assuming you didn't watch the the tweet that I sent about the Disney Plus alternate ending of Raiders of the oh, Lost Ark. I've been. Uh, I haven't checked our <laughs> We Hate Movies chat. Sean, I think uh, you today, saw it. So I- someone did a cut of uh, of the final shot, and instead of ending up, instead of the arc ending up in some warehouse, it ends up at Mar a Lago <laughs> in Trump's bathroom. <laughs> Top. Man. <laughs> I love oh, that's it. Actually, he says that's top good. men, and then it's just some old guy. <laughs> just nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the implica- I want to make sure that I'm not crazy. The implications of that ending are that it's being added to a bunch of other who knows how many things All the government has crazy found. Crazy artifacts or- and this occult thing. Right, right. Aliens. I assumed... I assumed that it was that, right. I figured it was either, oh, wow, look at how much other crazy shit they found, or it's like they're just adding it to a bunch of nothing stuff so it's never found. But I assumed it was the And the, it also, um, you probably missed this in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but there's a whole chase scene in that warehouse where they allude to, like, a box gets smashed and you see the corner of the arc in Crystal Skull. Ooh. Yes, I definitely, I definitely missed it. It stinks. <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> Damn. Wonderful stuff. My dudes, this has been a lovely conversation. I'm pleasantly surprised uh, that we got someone who's never seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. I still can't believe that Rocco, you as a movie fan, as a Harrison Ford fan, I assume a Spielberg fan, just like a person who has lived on this earth for a certain number of years, you have never seen this movie, but I'm happy that that this uh, got you to to see it but this has been a a very fun conversation yes i've I've enjoyed this immensely and thanks to your suggestion to have us on i am now an indiana jones guy hell yeah who isn't i mean he's so hot Um, hot. yeah so hot all right (laughs) let's uh let's get into our recommendations you guys both have three you know the rules we'll go uh we'll go round robin we'll go one at a time just give like a, a brief sort of uh, reasoning for for why you're recommending it, and then uh, I guess we'll start with Sean, aka Three Cats. We haven't used your your alter ego name That's at all this episode. Too much I just realized we don't need to. <laughs> if you're in on the jo- <laughs> if you know the joke, you know the joke. If not, you will we'll catch you up Maybe. the next time. Um. So yeah, we'll go three. We'll go three cats, and then Stone sure. and me. And uh, yeah, just go around the snake horn. draft, or is it gonna go back around to me? We're gonna go back around. I just no snake draft. About the rules. Uh, well, my first one, uh, this is a movie I think I've probably made both of you guys watch at some point if you hadn't seen it already. Um, not a lot of people have seen it. I adore this movie, and it is Arsenic and Old Lace. I nice. believe directed by Frank Capra and starring Cary Grant, and it is. A wonderful dark comedy set in Brooklyn, pre World War Two. Fantastic, fantastic movie. Arsenic and Old Lace. If you haven't seen it, Raph, look it up tonight. It is so goddamn funny. It is. So- I've I've never seen it. It's, what's it's the great. What's the connection to Raiders? Just pre World uh, War Two. Oh, are these supposed to be locked into? 
Aren't these tied into Raiders? There should be some oh. sort of connection, but we'll just we'll go with Sweet. pre World War Two. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's that's on me. I should have been. Uh, it should does have been take place about... in the exact same time period as Raiders. Perfect. Absolutely wonderful. Stone me uh... God. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally on me. I didn't tell you guys that it was supposed to be connected to the <laughs> to the movie. That's okay. That's okay. My the connection that my recommendation has is that it takes place post World War Two. <laughs> um it is uh a film that we have talked about raf in the past uh i don't know if it is on the essential list but i don't think it is uh it is children of men Mm. um is it on the list am i am i being boo-booed no it should be be on the list it should be um I had a conversation about this film uh, a couple of weeks ago and it just reaffirmed how, how fantastic I think it is. I genuinely think it is. Uh, I will I'm not going to say it's the best film I've ever seen because that's a lot of film history to say, puck you two. Um, but I, I think it is in terms of the 21st century. I think it's, it's the best film I've ever seen. Uh, I think that there are so many elements to it that just, scream like look look at this and pay attention to what this is attempting to communicate um but quite simply i always boil it down to is like are you interested in seeing a movie about what humanity devolves into with the knowledge that it's going extinct that's it i think the movie's awesome it's got some of the best one shots i've ever seen uh it's a blast amazing trying to think of a way to tie it to indiana jones it's about a guy who goes on a (laughs) he ventures out in a way. Yeah. There's it, it has a script. <laughs> it has scenes, right? There's yes. There are credits at the end of the I think film. Clive has pretty good scruff in that movie. Yeah. There we Both go. our protagonists have, have facial hair, but not big facial no. hair. Good Scruffy scruff. Facial hair. Good scruff. Good scruff. Yes. Nice. Oh man, I can't believe I totally forgot to uh because no, to, to, oh, I'm not changing my picks. <laughs> Easy, I think that, I think easy connection. It it's it's about uh, fighting against fascist oppression. Nice, wonderful. Yeah, I love it. There you go. All right, my first pick is uh, is another treasure hunt <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sean mentioned it when talking about, or no, Rock. I think you mentioned it talking about movies that wouldn't exist without Indiana Jones. Oh uh, yes. Uh, I am of course talking about National Treasure Two. The Book of Secrets, the best <laughs> national treasure movie. Bruce Greenwood, Indiana, or uh, Nick Cage is doing a bad Harrison Ford impression while uh, looking for for wild things. Not enough supernatural for for me, but uh, but still a great treasure hunt nonetheless. Bruce Greenwood is the president, and he's on my Mount Rushmore of fictional presidents. Who else is on the Mount Rushmore? Um, <laughs> Harrison Ford, Ford, of course, from Air Force One. <laughs> Let's see. Bruce Greenwood in National Treasure 2. I haven't done this in a while, so I have to think back. Pullman. Uh, Pullman in Independence, Independence Day. Day. President, President Whitmore, obviously. I think at one point I had, I'm blanking on the actor's name, but he was the Allstate guy. Are you in good for a while? <laughs> oh, in 24. He was the I knew you were going to go with the Allstate yeah. guy from 24. 
I mean, he's a classic. (laughs) Everybody knows who he is. (laughs) The Allstate guy. President Allstate. Iconic voice. Um, But yeah, no, I've, I've, I've thought long and hard about the Mount Rushmore hotel presidents. <laughs> That's a great uh, list. What's your What's your second recommendation right, that is totally fully connected to Raiders uh, of the Lost? So my Ark? second is a movie called Harvey, starring Jimmy Stewart, which I know I know I've made Rock watch. <laughs> uh, another old. It is very. It's very good. Actually, has uh, one of the same actresses from Arsenic and Old Lace. So there's already a connection there. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart plays uh, the wealthy and eccentric brother uh, in this family, and his sister and family are trying to commit him to a sanatorium because they're very embarrassed that his best friend is an invisible six-foot-tall bunny rabbit named Harvey, and hijinks ensue. So it's like Donnie Darko? But way funnier and better and... It's not like Donnie Darko at all. Uh, it's it, it, it's definitely a but of its uh, time. the connection to Indiana Jones being Jimmy Stewart actually fought the Nazis in World War II. And nice. He was a uh, he threw real punches yeah, against Nazis. He flew Nazis. a bunch of combat missions. Jimmy Stewart was a fascinating uh, person, but uh, yeah, he flew a bunch of combat missions in World War II. Kicked some Nazi ass. There you go. Nice. Nice. Good second pick. Uh, believe it or not, my, my second recommendation actually was easy to pivot uh, to something very related. Um, it is a video game series. It's, it, I know Sean is familiar with it. It is called Uncharted. It is directly inspired by the Indiana Jones films. Um, it was created by the Sony studio Naughty Dog who also created The Last of Us. Particularly, my recommendation would be the fourth game, Uncharted 4 at Thief's End. It's all about this treasure hunter named Nathan Drake, and he basically is Indiana Jones in all but name. Um, he's, he's found the, the, the Lost City. Of, uh, he's found Shangri-La, uh, you know, uh, famous pirate treasure, all that shit. It's a great game series. You, 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 it's like, Does do you want Nazis? to be Indiana Jones? Set models, uh, you don't get to fight Nazis, no. but I think day in like, yeah, you don't, you don't. Do you fight Indian guys? Uh, it was modern day in like the there, 2010s, so if they make another one now, you might actually get a chance yeah. to fight Nazis. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, Anyways, that's my second pick. <laughs> nice. Uncharted 4. I'm trying to think. I had yes. the, uh, the S-Rank boys were on a previous episode and they recommended a bunch of video games, but I don't think uncharted was there, but I, I do think the last of us part two was, uh, was one of SJR's recommendations. Of course, yes. that was going to be my, that if it didn't have to connect to yeah. Indiana Jones, it would have been last of us part two. I think I also failed to tell them that their picks were supposed to be connected to the movie of choice. So they were also just like going with whatever. <laughs> So it seems like this is a, really a, a raft problem that I. <laughs> you set us very specific rules. You just left out important, and that I left out like the main <laughs> yeah. rule. Whoops! Uh, all right. So for my second pick, I think I'm gonna go with 
I'm going to go with, I have like, I have a bunch that I'm going to choose from. I'm just sort of playing it live. I'm going to go with another movie about guys being dudes and just digging. Who doesn't love a good digging movie? There's a lot of digging here. You got Salah and the Egyptians and Nazis digging around. Also, another weird Indiana Jones connection. Also a Shia LaBeouf movie. (laughs) We're going with Holes. The best digging movie ever made. Nice. Yeah. That's a great connection to Indy. His son, Mutt. Yeah. His son, Mutt, digging holes with Mr. Sir. (laughs) I do love that movie. (laughs) Mr. Sir. Yeah. Also about fashion (laughs) suppression. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Holes, number two. Sean, what's your All right. third? So, as I mentioned, I'm not changing any of my picks. I'm just coming in here live, and I'm going to work the connection as we go. So, one of the great things about Indiana Jones, and I mentioned the intro we get to this character is amazing because you get this gritty, dark treasure hunter, adventure seeker. He's in the jungles of South America. He's he's fighting his way through these traps. He's running, and he's hopping on the airplane adventure. And then we smash cut. We get this completely other side of him. Uh, that you wouldn't have expected based off the first where he's a professor and uh, you know, he's teaching class, he's teaching archeology. span And I think the lesson to take away here is that unexpected pairings can be enriching and can, can make things better. And so my recommendation number three is pairing red wine with sour candy, such as a sour power, sour milk. I prefer a malt. What uh, kind of that, red wine? Uh, it's up to you. Uh, some people prefer a Pinot Noir. I'm a Malbec man myself, but I take, I take the uh, green and red Sour Power belts. I'll have a glass, a glass of red wine and uh, have myself a night. <laughs> That's amazing. That might be the best recommendation we've ever had. You should continue to wow. spring it on people that they're supposed to be connected live and see if they yeah i like how you uh i like how you work that i also like that (laughs) even even if it's not supposed to be connected that you pick two like old movies and then (laughs) and then that (laughs) you're like i gotta i gotta work this in somehow (laughs) i assume none of those things were in the canon prior so yeah that's yeah uh that red wine and sour candy is certainly not anywhere in the canon. Yeah. At least not yet. That's amazing. Rocco, do you have any way to top that? Uh, no, I, I don't. Um, although you did you did spring into my mind uh, a drink that could easily be, be tied to it, being that Marion slams it, or Indy, I guess, rather, slams it over the head of... Oh, no, it is Marion that no, slams she, it over the head of one of the Nazis. He and he. Uh, good old... She hands it to Indy. She hands it to Indy and he slams it. Uh, good old Johnny Walker. Man. A nice glass of Johnny Walker. Blue. Blue, of course. I mean, I I don't drink blue often. It's far too expensive. Um, but I believe it's it a bottle of black that is in the, is in the movie. Yeah. Um, it, as long as it's not red, you're gonna you're gonna mm. enjoy it. What's the red again? If it's you got red, which is it's you shouldn't drink that. It's that's for mixed drinks. Oh. It's to mix with. Then you have black. You can have that by itself or with like a little bit of water. Mm-hmm. Then I believe you have uh, gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, green and gold actually yeah. are discontinued. 
and oh. those two were were above were above uh, black. Then there's platinum. Oh. Um, and then there's blue, which is like three hundred bucks a bottle. Is it what? I thought there was a double black. There is a double black, which I think is like around the same price as black. I actually don't really know the difference, nor can I taste the difference. So you're a blue guy. You're recommending blue specifically. I'm recommending blue, but I don't drink for it. Get the blue. If not, you're fine with black. Yeah. And you don't have to drink any of the other ones in between. Like if you're going to drink gold, you may as well get blue. Yeah. I mean, you can like a bottle of gold or green is probably like 150 bucks. Black is like 50 bucks. Blue is like 300 bucks. All right. My third recommendation is going to be, I don't know if I want to go with a Harrison Ford movie or another Spielberg movie. I think I'm going to go Harrison Ford because there will be other options for for Spielberg Rex. I'm not like a big Harrison Ford guy, even though he's in a bunch of great movies like Han Solo is wonderful. Indiana Jones is wonderful. But besides that, like Harrison Ford doesn't really do it for me, except in The Fugitive. Absolutely wonderful film. Haven't seen it in years. He's not nearly as sexy. He's a little bit older, so it's kind of like a more of a zaddy vibe than Indiana Jones but still very handsome, still great Harrison Ford, and absolutely amazing Tommy Lee Jones. So, Speaking of the fugitive, I saw that's my, there was that Twitter prompt. I forget who tweeted this. I would give credit if I, I knew, but it was like, search your Twitter account for the word fuck and post the most recent tweet you have using that word. And it was the picture from the fugitive of Harrison Ford holding the gun on Tommy Lee Jones, and they edited it so it Instead of saying, I didn't kill my wife, it just said, I didn't fuck my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Very dumb. dumb. It's so funny. It's going to be hard to do that when I watch that movie now. (laughs) I didn't fuck my wife. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Before we we wrap it up, just do, we'll do one more quick spin through the recommendations. So anyone listening who didn't get a chance to write it down. The first time can uh, can write it down this time, and we'll just go same order. So, three cats hit it. Arsenic boom, and boom, Old boom. Lace. Um, I'm doing all three of mine. Yeah, Arsenic yeah. and Old Lace. Harvey pairing red wine with sour candy. Can't go. <laughs> Very nice. Children of Men. Uncharted Four. Johnny Walker Blue. That's a great night. I've got National Treasure Two. Book of Secrets. Holes. And The Fugitive. Three movies. Dudes, this Dude. was rad. Thank you guys for, for joining. This has been a lot of fun. I've not giggled on an episode this month. It's always a terrible, always a terrible it... idea to have all three of us on the... <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, it's uh, it's podcast magic. We uh, <laughs> We definitely veered off at times. We didn't circle back on some of our more ridiculous jokes which is probably a good thing um definitely yeah fate of the list (laughs) i haven't talked about nazis this much in a long time yeah they're they're not good that's the big takeaway this episode no yeah yeah i let it yeah anybody listening don't get anything misconstrued (laughs) yeah we one of my like biggest hot takes is that um i don't like nazis like at all i think they're very bad yeah so i think that's it's true if you it's, guys do you guys have any that's like, a heater spice any final words <laughs> of, <laughs> final words of wisdom or hot takes regarding uh 
regarding Nazis to leave our our lovely listeners with? Um, don't don't be. Yeah, one. I was gonna say fuck them, but I don't mean that literally. I mean like uh, <laughs> uh, uh, they can go to hell. <laughs>